Greetings, friends, and welcome to another episode of RTAF Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Norris, and thank you for being here. My guest this week is Blake Foster. Blake is a painter living in Santa Cruz, California, and he has a solo show right now at the Rata Gallery in Denver. Very, very cool work. I suggest you go check it out if you're in the Denver area. And in this episode, Blake details his story going from a street artist writing graph mostly into design school, learning some digital programs. And then we talk festivals, we talk psychedelics, and Blake also details his process how he goes about making a painting, and a lot more that I'm sure you'll love. And to close out the month of November, I got a couple new patrons to announce. We had a big November over on the Patreon. Uh, Jumped by about 60 bucks. So thank you guys so much. And if you want to support, head on over to patreon.com slash podcast. My two newest patrons this week. First, a big shouts to Donna Moon. You can find Donna at TC Moon or Tissy Moon. I'm not sure if I'm saying either of those right, but it's uh, T-I-S-I Moon on Instagram. And website stonehorseproductions.net. Thank you so much, Donna, for your contribution. And thanks for sticking around. I know you've been here since the very first episode. So glad to have you on board the Patreon now. Uh, Second is Sean McLeod, or McLeod. I don't know how to say names, guys. Someone help me out here. Anyway, shouts to you, Sean. You can find Sean at Sean McLeod Art, all one word, McLeod, M-C-L-E-O-D. He's making some cool illustrative stuff. He's very productive in, uh, in the old Inktober department. Thank you so much, Sean, for your support. And I'll say it again. You want to support the Patreon? Want to support this podcast with a little money? A little bit of money? Tears as low as 4 bucks a month. That's $48 a year. All the way up to 16 You get a shouts. You get the video. You get guest suggestions. And the highest tier, you get all those things. Plus merch. Four merch items throughout the year. Just wanted to say thank you once again for your support. Even if you're just listening, that helps out a lot. So I'm glad to have you here. If you want to do a little bit more than that, but aren't comfortable giving some stranger money, I totally understand. Maybe maybe share your favorite episode with your friend or group of friends or your whole dang social media following and community. Just let them know that you're getting something out of this. It does truly help a lot. Thank you for listening to that pitch, and we're going to go ahead and get right in to this episode with the amazing Blake Foster. Blake Foster, what's up, dude? Hey, Andrew. Great to be here, man. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, I guess we should give a... An obligatory shout out to Mr. Peter shout Westerman. To Peter. Yeah. This is uh, we're in your house right now, <laughs> filming, recording audio, and uh, thank you for being gracious enough to let us do this while you're at work. We didn't ask him. It's uh, <laughs> it's all just like off the cuff. <laughs> 
but yeah, man, uh, I've been wanting to talk to you for a long time. I, I big fan, big fan of the work. Thank you, man. Yeah, and seeing it in person the other night was uh, super, just really nice. Yeah, super stoked to have my first solo show. Yeah, so this was your first solo show. Yeah, I mean, I've been in group shows, and uh, yeah, just that was yeah the first time by myself. <laughs> nice. How long have you been painting? Um, well, if you count with spray cans, then I would say I started around uh, 99 or the year 2000. Oh, word. Nice. So for a while, you've been artistically minded. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I've been drawing since, since I can remember. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, painting like 20 years about. Wow, nice. Nice. So yeah, that's, that's usually where I like to start with people is kind of like um, your childhood, what it was like growing up. And when, when do you think you realized that you were an artist? Um, well, I definitely was very fortunate. My parents like saw me drawing at an early age and were like, oh, here's like a private lesson with like, well, not private, but like five or six kids or whatever, around eight years old. And, um, just like local artists, just like teaching. And, um, so that was, you know, that was very fortunate to, they like fostered that from the very beginning. And, um, and then, yeah. And then in junior high and high school, all my art teachers were just like, oh, wow, like you're, you know, you're very advanced for your age. So that encouragement was always just like stoking the flames. Nice. And, uh, yeah, so. So you had good, you had like good experiences with like art teachers and, in. did you go to public school? Yeah, public school. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And I always just signed up for whatever electives you could take, you know. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, they were always super sweet and just, um, I don't know, kind of like, put me out there in front of the classes like the star or whatever you know okay yeah yeah <laughs> built up little little young ego <laughs> nice nice so like it, it sort of like evolved into you know just loving drawing all the time when you were young and then you started getting sort of like outside encouragement and validation yeah well like in high school I started out like skateboarding uh-huh. and um through that like some skater friends showed me spray cans Nice. And, um, but that was just like trying it out, but like not really diving into it. It's just like, Oh, that's cool. It exists, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, they show me like old magazines, like 12 ounce profit, like magazines from New York and stuff. And just be like, wow, that, I didn't know this art form existed. You know, I, I grew up in a small town. So, uh, yeah. Where, where'd you grow up? Uh, Los Osos, California. Okay. Is that Northern? Um, it's like central, like right in between LA and SF. Okay. Uh, right. Nice. This, right on the coast on the beach and stuff. Oh, rad. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. Yeah, I grew up in Kentucky, in the middle of Kentucky. Oh, nice. And uh, so tell me about like what that magazine was that you were talking about. Oh, what 12 Ounce Profit. It's like before the internet. So, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was just like a lot of New York graffiti, um, just like lots of photos in it of, nice. of graffiti. So, you know, I'm like copying the letters, styles and stuff. <laughs> nice, yeah. So, yeah, I did a deep dive on your Instagram and I saw like all the graffiti that you used to do. Yeah. Um, and I was curious, like, obviously now you've, I ha- I haven't seen you do uh, any graffiti lately that I'm aware of. Yeah. It's probably been 10 years. 10 not, years. Not, yeah. yeah. So what precipitated the change from, um, just like kind of wild style with cans onto like canvas with, um, like, you know, themes and, and, and making things. I would say the, there would be like two big catalysts, mm-hmm. um, 
one was psychedelics. Nice. And just kind of um, all of a sudden I was like, well, like, well, how come I just keep writing my name over and over again? <laughs> <laughs> and like, just like starting to question, like, you know, what I was doing, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, I still love the art form fully. Like, uh, it's just so exp- like free expression, you know? Absolutely. But like, I started to be like, oh, but what's my intention, you know? Like, uh, and then a lot of that came also with around the time I started with psychedelics, um, my partner that I'm still with now, uh, Jules, mm-hmm. shout out Jules. <laughs> Shouts. <laughs> Um, you know, she, you know, kind of help, help guide me in a direction, like give me more direction, you know? Yeah. Instead of just, you know, vandalizing or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Have you considered going back to, uh, spray paint or trying to, do you still try it out? Like, yeah, no, I mean, I, uh, actually just like last spring I put, set up some wood in my backyard and was like, man, do I still have any can control or whatever? Yeah. And I tried it out. I was like, oh, it's like riding a bike. Cool. Nice. And then pretty much I set the intention after this show that just happened um, that I'm going to get back to walls, but now try to do the subject matter that I've been doing on canvas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was going to be a question down the line too that I cool. wanted to ask. Oh, yeah, we can go in further depth. Yeah, like um, the thing I like about spray cans is that they – they cover so much so quickly and can be so opaque, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The speed is, is, is very, very cool. (laughs) Yeah. Um, actually, I don't know exactly, uh, what kind of question I wanted to articulate, but, um, I I guess maybe I'll ask you like how big are the walls that you've set up outside? Oh, for practicing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, just like two, four by eights, like an eight by eight. Okay. Nice. 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 That was, yeah, just, as I side made it so I could just collapse it whenever I wanted and um, I could pop that up to practice or whatever. But, oh yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Do you, do you use spray at all on your canvases? Um, the only thing I use a little bit of is a transparent white. It's like a 94 for um, sure. just for like that glow effect and stuff. Yeah. Like lighting. It's um, always nice. Yeah. yeah. But like I, I noticed like a lot of spray paint really kind of clashes with the other mediums um, mm-hmm. and makes weird, like different textured surfaces and, I don't know. It just doesn't look as refined. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, what it reminds me of is when sometimes when I spray it on canvas or on like a wood panel, if it builds up, it starts to, especially if you're using gray, I use a lot of grays. Mm-hmm. Uh, it starts to look like concrete just yeah. like naturally because there's like little specks of, I guess, aerosol or something. It, so it makes it this kind of like rough texture. Yeah. And I've always thought that that might be cool to, to experiment with, I guess. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I've seen tons of people use spray on canvas and it works fine. I just, yeah, yeah. I guess I've, I've eventually learned how to use a brush the same way and get the same soft gradients. Yeah. And so then I was like, oh, I don't need a can for, cause you're always like a can is meant for, I think big scale and totally. trying to contain it on a small scale is, is very frustrating sometimes. Yeah. It's so much fun <laughs> to like use your, the whole you know, pivot of your shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Your whole like body kinetics. That's like one of my favorite parts. It's like a dance with the medium. So expressive. Like, yeah. Um, so yes, I want to get back to your story. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're in high school, you're doing like, uh, you know, you're getting big up by your teachers in art (laughs) class (laughs) and, uh, and you're discovering like graffiti and stuff. Um, is, so when was the first time you, took psychedelics and then what impact did that have on on the way that you made art well pretty much immediately after graduating high school i um 
tried cannabis for the first time. <laughs> so I was like, so you waited. Yeah, I waited for a long time. I think the main reason for that was in high school, I was got deep into um, breakdancing. I was a b-boy. Okay, sick. And um, I was so dedicated to that expression. I was still like drawing and stuff. Um, but uh, that was like full on like fit physical like expression. Yeah. And so I didn't really have time to mess around with drugs or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. But uh, right after high school, I started smoking cannabis and it was like a, a revolution for my art. Um, all of a sudden... Instead of before that, I was just drawing what I could, what I saw in the world. Yeah. And um, with canvas, also I could draw from my mind's eye, and um, that was like blew me away. <laughs> totally. And, and made and made me like praise cannabis, and I pretty much only used cannabis for the next like ten years after that. Okay. Um, it was like a dedicated stoner. <laughs> nice. Are you still smoking a lot? Um. Yeah. Like. Uh, now I like respect it in a different way and I, I don't need it like every hour of every day. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like a couple times a week, like a little edible or some vape or something, but like, yeah. Um, just like if I'm feeling like any kind of creative blockage, I'm like, Oh, let's switch up the mindset and get, it'll, it always gets me back in that creative mode. Totally. So. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a interesting relationship with it because I went super hard in high school. I think you know? a lot of us did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, I, since then I've taken like a couple of like sincere breaks, you know? Yeah. Sometimes you're like, I'm taking a break and it's like two weeks or something. Totally. <laughs> I think all that's healthy. Any break is healthy. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You got to moderate, switch yeah. it up, keep things in balance. Um, so yeah. So you're in high you're after high school. Did you go to art school at all? Um, so like after high school, I was just in community college for mm-hmm. a long time and, um, and I guess in community college, I was planning on applying to art school. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of putting together a portfolio as I was taking art classes at community college. And um, then eventually I, I created a portfolio and applied to this school called Nomen. Uh, it's down in Hollywood, West Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And it's um, it's like a 3D animation uh, visual effects school. Okay. And um, with my portfolio, I got into there because they were only accepting about 75 students a year. <clears throat> and... Uh, yeah, I got into there and uh, did that two-year intensive program. Um, got into a bunch of art school debt. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and learned a bunch of software programs. And um, what'd you learn? Uh, the main focus was uh, Maya, ZBrush, Photoshop, and After Effects. Nice. Um, Do you still use those at all? Uh, yeah, I still still use Maya. I would love to use ZBrush some more. That was my favorite software program. Um, but mm-hmm. Maya was like the main focus, and um, so I'll use that sometimes for perspective or geometry. Um, I just, some of those things are so hard to do by hand. I'm just like, oh, well, I have this tool that I paid a lot of money for to learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh, might as well, might as well incorporate it into my workflow, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, it's cool to still use that a bit, but sometimes it feels kind of restrictive. So I only dabble with it here and there, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. I've been considering, like, I think I'm about to get an iPad. Yeah. And just teach myself Procreate. Yeah, having the, the digital pen direct onto a screen is, like, really awesome. When I was in college, <clears throat> it wasn't touchscreen yet. So we had a digital pen onto a tablet. Yeah. And so it was, like, learning painting and drawing on the computer with that. Yeah. And um, But it was kind of a disconnect because, like, your hand's down here and you're looking up, 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 up right, in front yeah. of you. That's what always messed me up. I've tried, I've tried a little bit of that in Photoshop uh, over the years, yeah. a couple times, and um, 
it's just tough. Like, yeah. Even if you're like what I was doing is I just took a drawing that I drew on paper, mm. scanned it in, mirrored it, and then like basically colored it in, yeah. separated layers and did all that kind of thing. But like coloring it in, even, even in the lines, is just like, Oh wait, where's, where is it? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of like, disconnect. If you do it enough, you kind of like get used to it. But like, I think it's so much better now with the, with the touch screens and direct contact. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just getting better and better as time goes on. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could go on a tangent about how crazy fast technology is. Moving, yeah, you totally. Know? Uh, but okay. I kind of want to s- stick to the script. A I little know. Bit. <laughs> a lot of tangents here. Um, <laughs> so you, you went to art school for what, just a couple of years or yeah, it was a two year intensive. So uh-huh. like, um, luckily like my mom gave me a small budget to like, get food and my grandparents paid for my rent in those two years Yeah, because uh, the curriculum was like 50 hours a week. Like you only get Sundays off Damn. and uh, they're like, if you come here, you can't really work or whatever. And <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I barely like was able to manage that with, with the help of my family. And, um, uh, I had to take out the loan myself though for, for the, for the program. Are you still paying it back? Uh, actually finally a couple years ago I paid it off. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Dude, congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I still have a little bit left from when I went to college, but I didn't go to art school. So like, you know, yeah, well there was like a whole depressive period where I was like, Oh man, I'm not going to go this route. And I just wasted all this money, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But then now in hindsight, like, I don't know, it all just like, it all compounds and, uh, creates what I'm doing now. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's all a- influencing. Like, yeah, it's interesting, right? Like, I feel, uh, I always talk about this, but like just the, the path that people end up on, Mm -hmm. I feel like in a, in and of itself is kind of just a series of synchronicities or like totally just kind of being in this, is this stream of something's either pulling or pushing you. And maybe there's, you know, there's cause from the future or, or effect from the past or vice versa, you know, if we wanted to be more, uh, uh, rational, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I just think that that's, that's also cool. Like, you know, to just speak from what I know, like I went to school for a psychology degree mm-hmm. and I was like, afterwards I was like, well, you know, I don't want to get my PhD the next four, four more years of this seems really boring. And, uh, I didn't know what I was doing at the time, but I think that like, <laughs> Uh, I, I'm sort of like an ad hoc uh, uh, therapist sometimes at festivals yeah, yeah. for people, you know what Expert I mean? Expert holding space. That's yeah, yeah. Super valuable, you know? <laughs> it is, it is. And But I didn't know what I was doing at the time. Mm-hmm. But somehow it all integrates and it, it all, like like you're saying, it all compounds. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, like it's all perspective. You could be like, oh, that was a waste. Or you could be like, well, that made me who I am right now. And Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah shouts to all the times in the past where, you know, I was like, oh, this sucks. Or like, that didn't need to happen. But it's like all those things kind of like make a person. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, okay. So you get out of art school. Um, um, What happens next, man? Well, so then I I was kind of just like, I applied to a bunch of uh, effects studios in Hollywood, in LA. Mm. And Mm. I was like, like, yeah, I got to use this degree or whatever. Um, just to give context, what year are we talking about? 
2007. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and pretty much the only positions I could get was, uh, the bottom of the totem pole at these, uh, studios. Yeah. And it was like rotoscoping, which is like tracing frame by frame in video, um, editing stuff out or whatever. Um, <laughs> that seems tedious. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I was like deep into ZBrush and like character sculpting and modeling digitally. And, um, I was like, wanted to be like a lead character. I wanted to like <laughs> conceptualize, draw them and create them in 3d. Mm -hmm. And that's not how the pipeline works. And the people who had those high positions had like been in the industry for years and they're not, they weren't trying to go anywhere. You know, they're trying to let yeah, some yeah. Like, kids out of school. Like yeah. I like, didn't really know. I was like, thought I like knew all this stuff, you know, yeah. a reality check, you know, out of school. <laughs> like, yeah. You go into a place like that and you're like, Oh, this place is going to be a cool job. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, no, it's still got a ladder like every other yeah. place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then, um, I was like, all right, well I need to get out of LA. And like, I was like, maybe I'll apply to some video game studios in the Bay. Cause I really had fell in love with the Bay before I went to college. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I went back up there and, um, was like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. I got to pay bills. So I got into just like catering freelance, like <laughs> being like rental staff, just yeah, catering. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then I was like drawn to graffiti again, which I had, it was like came in, I did it in waves like throughout the years or whatever. Mm -hmm. But this time I was like all in, I was like, started like bombing Oakland and, uh, nice. and, uh, doing pieces like in chill day spots and, um, met some like guys and like got into a crew and, uh, Sweet. What was your crew called? Uh, uh, CTV. Nice. Does it stand for anything? It stood for a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You, you just made things up all the time. Yeah. It's just like acronym. You're just like, what else could we think of? Like, nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a fun little art form in and of itself. Sometimes. Like, yeah, I guess, I guess the main things. one was catch the virus, but now that doesn't sound so yeah. good. <laughs> not, not as cool as it was back yeah, then. Huh? Kind of got ruined. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure you meant like positive viral vibes, right? Oh, like yeah. yeah, the art addiction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> right, so you're, you're okay. So you're painting with this crew, um, in this what is 2008, 2009, something yeah. like that. Which, by the way, back then, I mean, that was the bay was the spot, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, like the like the the 90s was the golden era, but even into the 2000s, it was still going strong. Mm -hmm. um, and so yeah, I feel like I caught the the end of tailwind of, the of, of that good period. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Mm -hmm. So were you living in SF or, or I was living in the East Bay in Hayward, okay. but, um, I was staying in a bunch of friends houses in Oakland on the couch and stuff. Nice. And, um, just like doing random odd jobs to pay bills, but making it happen, but not really like working a nine to five or anything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So a lot of nights, like two to three nights a week, like out till sunrise painting. <laughs> like, nice. Um, just feeling super alive. One of the most alive times I ever felt, uh, just like adrenaline junkie. You know? Oh, <laughs> so, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I, uh, I really was like, um, I don't know. What would you call it? Like, uh, poser's not the right word, but I would just like, when I first started making art, I would cut out, um, stencils on Bristol board. Oh yeah. And I would go by myself in Lexington, my hometown and just like spray in random spots. Yeah. yeah and get, it just on my bike, like everywhere. And it's super fun. Like you, I, Oh yeah. I know what you're talking about that adrenaline, like oh, yeah. finding a spot, looking around and just like, 
Yeah, I got I got fully into stenciling and wheat pasting. I, mean, oh, I, sick. I considered all that just as real as uh, the freehand graph wild style. Like, uh, oh yeah, yeah. I you know I idolized like Shepard Fairey and Banksy at one point too. And sure, yeah, uh, definitely. Those were big influences. That's actually what sort of made was the exit through the gift shop. Sort of like I was oh, like, yeah. oh yeah, I like I've been drawing and, and making like images on paper. Why don't I try the stencil thing out? Totally, and it's a good intro to spray can too. Like yeah. Yeah, it's like not too difficult. Ex- I mean, the exacto knife part is kind of tedious. Yeah, it's tedious for sure. But <laughs> that's actually the reason I stopped doing it. <laughs> yeah, it like can cramp up your fingers yeah. pretty badly. I figured if you do that your whole life, carpal tunnel is probably guaranteed. <laughs> like, yeah, hundred <clears throat> percent. Um, so talk about maybe like I'm just assuming um, you got into painting on canvas and then um painting at festivals did those two things kind of coincide or did one come before the other well i guess um a- after getting in trouble a bit with graffiti um oh shit i was kind of like Is it, do we have a story in there somewhere <laughs> i mean just a couple of a couple of rests or whatever yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. um <laughs> and so then it was like okay like can we get like some legal walls and like at least get are like art supplies paid for or something, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like going with that mentality and then it was like, Oh, can I get the spray can onto canvas better? You know? So, um, stenciling still came into play with that. Yeah. And, um, even using just like straight edges to like do like reels and, uh, like gradients and stuff. Um, just to, just to bring the can smaller onto a canvas or whatever. Yeah. So was tr- that was like first experimenting with a canvas, I guess. And I was still like intimidated by the brush at that point. Um, really? But that was probably like 2010 or something. Yeah. Like, even though you had been drawing for a long time. Yeah, I just hadn't hadn't really used a brush much. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess they're tricky at first, but I think everything I've heard and everything I've experienced says like, uh, you know, if you can draw, you can paint. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I think like um, it sounds like you just have like a solid foundation in like you know small paper drawings and then like also large scale yeah that's kind of like walls. two opposites like two opposite sizes of yeah. mediums yeah so did you feel like you were like sort of balancing that out with the canvas there yeah. in the middle and when i came to canvas i was going pretty big because i was like still trying to you use spray yeah yeah and so like they were decent sized canvases mm-hmm. um yeah and then uh and then at some point i was just like well, I want to do more details. Oh, I guess that came with, with, with the psychedelics and, and mm-hmm. trying to translate the detail of a psychedelic experience. Yeah. I was like, all right, well, I got to learn this brush here. <laughs> so had you, had you started like using mushrooms at this time? Or like... Yeah. 2011, I took my first mushrooms nice. and, um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it, it totally reminded me of the beginning of cannabis, just the revolution in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I was, and I, it seemed similar, but more powerful than cannabis. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, I think I jumped right into a paintbrush after that. Like, yeah. It's crazy how they'll instill confidence. And like, I think they also wire parts of your brain. I think it can re- rewire and cause new pathways and yeah, all that. Like, I remember like this really intense uh, acid trip I had one time with my buddies and I had like a a freak out moment for a little bit but like once I got through the freak out 
I was like, I felt like on top of the world. And the next day, like I could play guitar better. Yeah. <laughs> what? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I know that just sounds like the biggest hippy dippy shit no, in the I, world. But I fully can relate. Like in 2012, I took my first acid. Mm-hmm. I actually took a bunch that year. Mm-hmm. And um, I also was like in catering and I was getting promoted to be a manager in charge of like a, a big staff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like pretty introverted, <laughs> but like I was taking this acid and I felt like I had like gone through battles in my mind and like lifetimes in my mind. Yeah. And so suddenly I was like, all right, just step up and like, just be kind and like, I don't know, help everyone do what we need to do. And I was like, you got this. Like, I don't know. Like, I think it was the, I think it was the LSD that like really just yeah was like, yeah, like. I don't know. You've been through all that. Like this is nothing, you know? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you can go through these like harrowing experiences where reality is sort of bending and all these things that you assumed were real, maybe aren't. And then all these other things that like, uh, you know, like just like for me, I'll get real personal here. It was that, I always thought people were like talking shit about me when I was like younger, like in high school. I uh-huh. just had this weird anxiety about that. Yeah, I think that comes out a lot of our shadows, just like that. Yeah, and insecurity. then and then like that acid trip sort of like just was like, no, no, like you're you know you're a human and you you matter, but you don't matter that much. People aren't spending all this energy like talking <laughs> well, shit about you or you know like well it's always a paradox right like you're super important and, and also nothing you know right <laughs> like, yeah it's like, yeah it's like uh, something that I've thought about too uh, is like how little space one human takes up yeah you know what I mean <laughs> but then also you're not just the space that you take up yeah it's yeah that paradox is really really interesting and that that goes to like the uh the whole concept of like what a self is you know mm-hmm. it's like on one hand it's like this provisional thing that uh you know as terence mckenna would say is used so you know whose food to put in whose mouth at dinner <laughs> you know Something like that. I I don't know if I nailed that quote (laughs) quite right. But then on the other hand, it can be like this vehicle to, to, to get be, to get beyond like identifying with it. Yeah. You know, anyway, um, (laughs) where, where were we? We were talking about, okay. So mushrooms, confidence. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, canvas paintings, canvas paintings. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess at the same time, started with psychedelics. It was like went to my first festivals, mm-hmm. uh, and um, what was your first? Uh, the very first was uh, Snow Globe, uh, New Year's Eve um, in SF. Uh, it was actually up in Tahoe. Tahoe, okay, um, cool. Yeah, that's like the only snow we get in California, really. Yeah, yeah. That and Big Bear, but yeah, um, and uh, so it just kind of like threw me into a whole new scene of music and. Um, and like live painting and uh just seeing all that happen at first i was just like partying at first you know and yeah just witnessed it all and it was then within like a year or two was like oh yeah i need to get in there and do that like <laughs> yeah it's it's crazy like going to a festival i mean it it demands your participation right well yeah i love the there seems to be like an inclusive inclusive vibe you know just mm-hmm. like oh yeah we can all do this let's do this together like yeah 
especially with all the, the you know thread of psychedelics through it all just i kind of everyone slowly getting empowered and discovering themselves a little more and yeah and, and you walk away from a festival super inspired and you're like man how do we how do we bring this to the real world to my to the default you know and mm-hmm. like how can i make a difference i don't know just stuff like that and so that that sort of sparked in your mind like oh well i can contribute by painting and, and showing people these these visions yeah well i was already like oh this is my gift i don't want this to go to waste mm-hmm. um but like yeah just trying to find a direction of like well how can how can i use this medium the best of its ability to uh to i don't know reach more people or have a better message or intention i don't know just like yeah how is how is um your intention evolved or or solidified over time do you do you ever think about that? Yeah, I mean, I mean everything from just like reading and philosophy stuff, mm-hmm. um, and life experience like love, love, and um, but yeah, I've also had this constant like uh, paradox uh, type of ideas of like going to school for like technology and stuff. It's always been like oh, like man versus machine or nature versus man or. Um, that theme is like, I don't know, I can't seem to get away from it. Just, mm-hmm. uh, it's not like, a, like I, like technology is amazing, but it's like this double-edged sword. And, um, so like, yeah, just trying to like put out, put out ideas that are like, we got to steer this in the right direction, you know, like and bring a balance to everything. Yeah. Yeah. This will, um, this will dovetail tail nicely into like the work itself. Cause I see a lot of, um, a lot of nature, a lot of like natural themes in your work. Um, do you think that we've lost uh, a connection a little bit because of like all those structures and technologies we've built around ourselves? Yeah. I mean, I think it goes back even, we yeah, definitely with the technology, but I think it goes back even further with our history of just, um, at first struggling to survive and so, like, trying to, like, <laughs> view nature as the enemy of, like, mm-hmm. oh, like, we need to build shelter and, and, and create all these, like, bubbles to protect us from nature. Mm-hmm. But then it's, like, in turn disconnected us and thinking nature is the enemy when, like, we are nature and, like, we need to, like, coexist with it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and technology is a part of that. Like, um, For sure. I've heard someone say something like uh, agriculture was the kind of turning point in human evolution where we became more tribal because we were guarding grain towers. Yeah, well, suddenly with surplus, then you get hierarchies of power. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was new with, with agriculture, yeah. Yeah. Do you read a lot of, like, history and stuff like that? Um. Not necessarily history. I'm so bad with like dates. I couldn't tell you a single date. (laughs) For sure. But uh, yeah, I love reading and um, and, yeah, there's just been certain books that have really changed my whole perspective and stuff. Nice. Yeah. What are are some influences like outside of art? Like you mentioned books. Um, Like what, you know, it could be a musical act. It could be a movie. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a, yeah, there's a few movies I love, uh, like the fountain was a big influence oh, yeah. visually. 
So good. Um, this book, like Ishmael and like, um, nice. That's with the talking gorilla. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. That one talks a lot about agriculture. Um, oh, nice. that's why I just thought of that one. <laughs> oh yeah. Nice. Um, the power of now and, um, uh, uh, the four agreements. Mm-hmm. Those are all big influences. Solid books. Yeah. Yeah. Four agreements is like, I want to get that tattooed on my forehead. I feel right. like. <laughs> so you don't forget. I yeah, exactly. Forget, you know? They <laughs> seem, they're so simple and yet it's like, we always forget. Yeah. Like, yeah. But yeah, if anybody uh, hasn't heard of four agreements, yeah. y'all should check them out. I recommend it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to pick up a thread. Okay. Yeah. Getting back to technology and, and man and nature sort of like man seems to, uh, and when I say man, I mean humankind, sort of stands in the middle between these, um, well, I guess I'll just rip off a quote I just heard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that like, so we have um, sort of paleolithic brains and emotions, mm-hmm. and then we have these uh, medieval institutions like, uh, governments and religions and, and things like that. And then we have like these like transcendent technologies. I mean, care to offer any speculations on where this might uh, lead us? Well, yeah, I mean, I try not to get locked into like fear-based mentalities. Sure, sure. But at the same time, you know, like <laughs> books like 1984 and Fahrenheit 415, you know, it's like, yeah, okay, well, like we're going to, you know, those authors were like, well, you know, we could go this way. So they wrote about it so that we can maybe try to avoid that. Yeah. Cautionary and, tale. Cautionary tales. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, the, with everything with COVID and everything and, you know, yeah, it's just, you can't help but think, keep seeing these things come into reality, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, I just feel like there's, there's so much, um, like, that has sort of been uh, foisted upon us as humans in terms of like the amount of information that's out there Mm -hmm. and whether or not it can be verifiable to come from uh, a a good faith actor, you know? Yeah. (laughs) It's like, everything's just, uh, it's a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's, there's this thing where it seems like power, like, absolute power like corrupts absolutely you know like yeah i mean it seems i feel like everyone is like born good and and i don't know the different influences you know can corrupt and yeah um and so yeah the the technology right now it's like uh it's so so tough because uh, we can use it we can do so much with it like literally <laughs> so much good become gods with it but yeah. that's but then that power is so corrupting you know <laughs> totally yeah <clears throat> yeah it just i i just wonder about those things a lot you know um and where does where does art fit in all of it because i'm sure you've heard about like nfts and all that stuff oh, yeah. and like this crazy uh new uh, i see that as like a hopeful technology right yeah, definitely. And even even virtual spaces like um, Web three and, and crypto voxels and things like this, um, you know, of course, uh, Zuckerberg and the gang want to come into that space and like gentrify it, pretty much. Yeah. But I, 
I still think that it's very, uh, it's very promising in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think all of it can, can be used for good. I mean, just spreading ideas and, um, and yeah, I mean, art's always just a commentary and almost like a foreshadowing of, of the future. I mean, we can use it for all that. Um, but, uh, you know, I also have to like, look at like, you know, NFTs, you know, consume power and where's the power come from, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, our resources on this planet and all that. And, yeah. yeah. Um, just thinking about all of it and not just jumping into whatever's new and trendy, you know? Uh, right. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's literally gas fees. They call them gas yeah. fees. Like when you mint uh, an NFT. And, and that takes it right to the root of like, you know, yeah. what's gas? Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dinosaur. <laughs> well, I'm sure, sh- I'm sure we won't like, uh, solve all our problems right now. Um, so I kind of, I kind of want to steer us back into yeah. the, uh, the, the Blake of 2012 ish. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you, so you're going to your first kind of like, uh, music festivals and stuff. What was your, do you remember your first live painting gig? Yeah, actually. Um, yeah, I think it was 2014. Um, I brought some, some old paintings to, to show in this forest at, at Northern Nights. Mm-hmm. Nice. And, um, and I was working on this like yin yang planet painting. Um, it was like kind of my first psychedelic painting I would consider. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was an amazing experience. Like someone at the festival bought an original old painting from like my old style of like stencil spray and a little bit of brushwork. Nice. Um, and they bought that original there at the festival. And then people were really hyped on what I was painting at the festival. And pretty much that, that after that weekend, I was like, oh yeah, like I'm going to dive fully into this right now. Like, nice. like, you know, I'll, I'll figure out, I'll get by however, but like I've, I felt a lot of support and, uh, and, um, yeah, I was just like, oh, I need to start getting into this prints. I saw a bunch of artists with prints and stuff, you know, and totally was like, I don't know. It seems like this could work out maybe. So, yeah. And, and from there, so wait, was that the first original you had ever sold? Was at a fest that festival, or had you sold one before? I I sold other style like stencil stuff mm-hmm. and like small little group shows and stuff. Nice. Um, but like, yeah, selling that painting at a festival was kind of like, oh, like there's something else besides uh, the white wall galleries in cities. You yeah. Know? Um, Isn't that the best feeling? Yeah. Like so much <laughs> adrenaline when you sell a painting at a festival. Oh yeah, it's like a it's like the best high. <laughs> Hell yeah. So yeah, after that, you're like, I'm all in. Yeah. Let's so then go. the following year, I was like, applied as many festivals as I could, you know? Nice. And, uh, Were you mostly sticking out on the, on the West coast, like Cali? Yeah. Just, just Cali for a while. Um, eventually like Gem and Jam came out to Arizona and nice. And then I think it was 2016. I went to Envision. That was my first international. Oh, sick. Nice. And, um, yeah, that was an incredible experience too. Just like live painting in the, in the jungle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I went when I was like a little baby painter in 2013 and 2014, or maybe it was 2012 and 2013. Cool. I can't remember. I'm bad with dates too. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, yeah, one of the best spots. If you ever get a chance, go. Even if you're not live painting, just go. Yeah. Because it's, uh, yeah, just being in the jungle by the beach, Mm -hmm. just, you know? (laughs) Um, 
I'm trying to think where we should go from here. So, so you're, you're going to all these festivals. Are you having success at them? Are you, are you having to like balance this with like uh, a part-time job or anything while you're doing it? Yeah. Yeah. In the first few years, I was still working a part-time job. Um, what were you doing then? I was still in catering. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty decent money though, right? Yeah, I mean, I th- Eric can be. Yeah, yeah, it's it's decent. Yeah. Nice. And uh, yeah, and it's just like trying to balance, like you know, spending all your your weekends like doing festivals and and art, and then yeah, still working on the grind like all week. And that's I I this has been a theme uh, for the past several episodes, but I'll just say it again because I really want to hammer it home, like sounds like you were smart and you like kept your day job until it was like yeah time i, f- I figured like yeah i never wanted to i like comforts <laughs> yeah know, like yeah. i like to eat good and uh 100 yeah. and and not worry about you know if rent's gonna make it get paid or whatever so yeah um i was like oh there might probably be a some point where i need to make a leap but i was like i think it needs to be like a slow transition before that leap and um I was the opposite, and that's why I'm like, everyone listen, <laughs> don't do this. But I'm like, I think I just like, um, I, I don't have like very much risk aversion mm-hmm. or something. I probably got hit in the head one too many times when I was a kid or something. Um, but yeah, yeah, calculate but, your risk. Yeah. And, and But also sometimes that risk could really like push you to like go all in, you know. I think that's what I needed too, because like I tend to be a little uh, uh, passive or, or lazy. I'll mm-hmm. say lazy, uh, not anymore. But back then, I was definitely like, yeah, maybe I'll do this. Um, but then, like, there was the thing of like literally painting myself into a corner, yeah, and being like, well, I gotta, I gotta make art, gotta make it happen. And then also, like, I at, in the beginning, like, I really fed off um sort of like what you're talking about in in your younger days like um recognition and and validation from my friends who were who were very supportive of me in the beginning yeah yeah super important especially early on Mm -hmm. but uh yeah like uh it's also tough with with the day job like uh when you put all that energy into that to making sure like you know you can survive uh then having energy left uh for the creativity yeah it can you know be really counterproductive in that sense for sure um, yeah and that's i think like part of the reason i wanted to be an artist if i'm being like 110 percent honest is so i didn't have to do something i didn't like yeah you know or just to do something that i love to to put it in like positive terms you know totally well yeah, i had this big conflict for a while especially with like coming from the graffiti scene mm-hmm it was like, no, I make, make art for the love. Like, like I was like, fuck money, you know, like, (laughs) dude, same by the way. And, um, in my younger days, I was like, ah, who needs money? And finally, (laughs) finally I had to have a breaking point where it was like, oh, but I don't want to do these jobs anymore. Yeah. And the only way I can do this art, uh, like a hundred percent of the time is to make some money with it. Yeah. So I had to look into like how to start doing that. Um, and stop being such like a, <laughs> like, I don't know, so anti-capitalism 
Even yeah. Though. Is that a big uh, like through line in, in the graffiti culture? Like, uh, fuck it, just do it for the love yeah. kind of thing? And I, I think it's, well, it's, you know, a rebellious spirit. Like the, for yeah, sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, but yeah, it finally seemed justifiable to make money because then you get to just do what you love all the time. And, yeah. And, and, and you get better at it and, and maybe you can do something good for everyone. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, just to probably beat a dead horse, everybody's heard this before, but like money is, uh, it can be a good thing and you can do a lot of good with it. And if you're getting hung up on money, then, you know, like just, just realize that it's not all, from you know blood diamonds and oil and totally. you know like and all that <laughs> yeah. shit you know it like actually helps people out and you know there's probably i mean for sure there's enough of it for every human being on the planet to live well but you know you got to you got to solve the problems that you can before yeah yeah trying to expand out into the world or yeah you got to start with yourself and mm-hmm. yeah so speaking of business, like, do you, did you develop a strategy for navigating through the art world? Um, I kind of just looked at what like other people were doing, um, ahead of me mm-hmm. and maybe started like earlier on and, um, and looked at the ones who seemed to be doing, being successful and I was just kind of imitated that. Um, but I also, yeah, I met like, uh, really cool people who were like making prints that helped me out. Mm-hmm. and um uh but yeah i was just like oh well going doing the festivals is good exposure and getting out there mm-hmm. and practicing all the time like practicing in front of people um and uh yeah just uh yeah, just all, uh community the community it's like and friendships like that was so important like uh definitely felt a like a, a creative family uh, was found in the in the festival scene. Hell yeah! So, did you have any? Um, do any mentors stick out? Yeah, well, that same year, twenty twelve, when with the psychedelics and the festivals, um, I was also like working part time at this gallery in SF. Um, oh, nice! It was called Space Gallery, and they had this side project called Wall Space, where um, they were like. Uh, trying to pull in big artists into the gallery by helping facilitate big walls for those artists to paint. Yeah. And, um, I was at the time I was just like, you know, doing whatever grant work at the gallery. And then, and they knew that I was like doing a lot of, uh, street art and stuff. And so I was like, Hey, can I help facilitate these artists do these big walls? I know they're big projects and they need help. And, um, so I, I got put on and was able to help Mars one, uh, oh, nice. paint like a five story building. I was just doing like, you know, rolling the background or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, um, hanging out with him for that, like two weeks on a boom lift was like, uh, life changing really. Um, oh, hell yeah. just bouncing ideas off each, or just like, I don't know, hearing his story and like, relating it to mine and, nice. um, kind of, yeah, there was a lot of things that happened all in that same year that just catalyzed me in a different direction. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I saw those photos of uh, of Mars painting those kind of like oval optical illusions mm-hmm. when I was uh, creepily going through your Instagram the other day, <laughs> and uh, and I was like, oh, that's cool. 
but it, I didn't realize that, that you were spending like heavy time with him, you know, like that's cool as well. Yeah. I mean, it was just a short experience and then, you know, didn't really see him again. Yeah. But, uh, it, it definitely had a big impact on me. Um, and then around that same time, like I, I got to help facilitate like Heracoot, uh, do yeah, a mural. Yeah, And, uh, yeah. Or Her- is it Heracoot? Or haircut. I don't know. I don't know yeah. how to say it. Because <laughs> haircut makes it sound like you're saying haircut. I know. That's why. That's why. Yeah. Gotcha. Anyway, an epic, uh, another epic uh, muralist street artist. Yeah. Haircut. Yeah. Um, so what did you, did you learn anything? Do you remember learning things specific or was it more just like just getting inspired and seeing that these people are, are making it and doing what they love? Well, like, yeah, I mean, I saw, like, certain techniques they were using. I definitely soaked up all that, like a sponge. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, also just, like, talking to them and, like, realizing they weren't just, like, these art gods and they were people, like, and that maybe I could, like, do what they were doing if I, you know, put enough work in. And, 100%. Um, and literally, like, every time after working with them or just, like, documenting or whatever I was doing, mm-hmm. I'd go, like, do my own. Like, I went after, like, helping Mars, I went and painted like the biggest wall I'd ever done. And I was just so like pumped, just like, like, oh yeah. Like I started thinking like maybe one day I could do a five story building, you know, or something or whatever. I don't know. Just like, oh, yeah. it all seemed tangible. Like if, if I worked hard enough or whatever and yeah, kind of, uh, brought that, brought that, the mythical status down to like an achievable, uh, level or something. Yeah. That's, uh, I think that's super important. And that, that kind of like touches on part of what this whole podcast is about. Yeah. It's just like hearing, hearing your favorite artists just sort of like shoot the shit and realize that we all have like, uh, great things about us, but we also all have like insecurities or anxieties or, um, you know, just the full human experience. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, kind of to that end like what has been what's been the most difficult thing or challenge challenging uh, aspect of like being an artist for you um i guess uh in these days like you know you have to do all the social medias and marketing yeah and um at this point like uh, i have i even make my own prints i have like a, a printer a big industrial printer oh nice and um so it's like, it's like doing all the things and then going out to festivals and being super social while then at home, I'm like usually like working long days by myself. Yeah. yeah. And, um, so I guess it's like, I, I mean, I, I'm trying, I'm doing my, trying to do my best at it, but it's like, it's a lot, you know, like a, a lot of hats to wear and pull it all off. Um, yeah. My friend, uh, Morgan Mandala once had this quote that like, when you're an artist, you're actually like, uh, the CEO of the company and then literally every position on down to the janitor. Totally. You yeah. know, like you're sweeping up around the studio and you're making like big decision kind of like calls. Yeah. And I think that that's something, I mean, I sure as hell didn't know that that's what was going to be up when, <laughs> when totally. I took this thing on, you know, but now it's like, it's kind of cool because we're all sort of getting a crash course in, in business at the pace that we're most comfortable with slash we can keep up in terms of like being able to make money. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like, totally. like you can't take it too slow, 
Yeah. But yeah. like, you don't have to like, just be like, you know, uh, six hours a day studying marketing and sales and all that stuff. And then, and then four hours a day painting or something like that. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it, you know, I say it's a, it's a lot to do all of it, but I was also like so grateful that, like, yeah, yeah. that as individuals, we can even do all this you right. know, with part of that is technology and, and lots of factors, but like, you know, it's just, a, it's amazing. We're at this point where an individual can literally, <laughs> you know, run a whole business, yeah. whole creative business on, on their own. And, uh, yeah. I mean, it used to be that you would have to take out, uh, text-based ads in the bottom right-hand corner of your newspaper, you know, <laughs> totally. or like just show up, you know, cold walk into a gallery with a portfolio, portfolio. tucked yeah. under your arm, <laughs> which is, I mean, yeah, I don't know if I would actually be an artist if it weren't for the happenstance of being born when and where I was, you know, totally. Um, yeah. Let's see. So I'm going to look down here at uh, my clipboard. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I wanted to ask you, like, so did you, were you making other paintings? This this recent show you had at the Rada, your first solo show. Yeah. Congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. Way. I don't know <laughs> if I said that all right, but I'll say it again. Yeah, it was a great show. And um, I, I know everybody I talked to for the brief time I was there loved it. And, uh, big ups, but <laughs> so when you were making the show, when you were creating all the paintings for, for your show, were you, how were you navigating that? Because I know, I know you, it's a little different than some galleries. Like you're able to like share before, you know, like before you actually hang it. Right. Like that, that orb wave painting, uh-huh. uh, one drop. That's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Love that one. Um, I, th- I think I saw you share it before I saw it in person. I showed like a little close-up uh, detail okay. shot. I, I guess my question is like, what were you doing uh, to keep yourself going financially during that time? Um, yeah, there's a there's a few factors. Um, I guess after like about six years of doing the festivals pretty hard, mm-hmm. um, I felt like a running my own like, you know, website and, um, and printing and all that was like just helping me just barely get by, um, yeah. whether or not like originals were selling or not. Yeah. And, um, and that allows me to take more time on the, each piece. Um, and then, you know, I definitely got a little bit of unemployment, uh, during the whole COVID thing. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I remember like years before being like, man, it would be so cool if just for one year I could just like fully focus and not think about finances at all. Yeah. And, um, kind of like it was weird silver lining of, of this whole like hard time, but, uh, totally. kind of happened. <laughs> yeah. And, and just to step back from festivals and, and, and all the parties and really just work on myself and, uh, and focus on the art as well. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely like, I don't know. Um, my partner has really influenced me with meditation and, um, Hell yeah. And, uh, so there was actually more time to do that during, during this past year and, uh, totally. and then the unemployment and, and still running my website. And, um, so all that just allowed me to just, I feel like really dive into focus and I don't even know how to even pull off a solo show without all that factors like yeah, yeah. coming together. Right. Cause I'm pretty slow 
I'm a pretty slow artist. I mean, I've, I've been working on speed, but like still, I just love, I just tend to render my paintings forever. <laughs> well, you're, yeah, I was going to say, um, commenting on your work, it's so, it's so detailed in some spots. Like, uh, I'm thinking of one drop, like not every part of it is, is super detailed, but I'd say probably, uh, two thirds yeah. are like crisp. Yeah. <laughs> and like that doesn't come with like, you know, broad brush strokes necessarily. Yeah, it gets down to the tiny brushes. Yeah. <laughs> what so what's the smallest brush you use? Um, I'm obsessed with these like I think they're like number two liners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um they're pretty long, they hold a lot of paint. So um So you don't have to re up you have to every... re up all the time. Yeah. Because yeah. like when you get really tiny brushes, it's like I I don't know, I hate dipping my brush constantly. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's like just dots. But they have the liners. I don't know. I tend to do a lot with those. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. Like, do you feel like COVID, the the whole uh, phenomenon of it, how did you do through that? Like, I wanted to get into this um, just, just sort of like, in the same vein as as like challenges like i know for some people it was really challenging for others it was for me in particular i'd say like it wasn't i didn't seem it didn't seem challenging to me at first like on really any level because i just sort of like pushed the social media noise away yeah and i just uh focused on my paintings and uh but then like months later i think like the wave sort of like broke on me and i was like oh like what happened you know yeah yeah so i just, i'm just curious how you like navigated uh through all that um definitely you know uh super grateful for just all the factors of like the community i had um like right at the beginning of covid i moved into a new spot that my, my really good friend bought and um there was like, there's like seven of us all living together and, uh, kind of just became like our, our COVID bubble, you know, nice. um, and supporting each other and like everyone's doing their own thing. Um, not everyone's like a, a painter or artist, you know, everyone's creative, but like mm -hmm. uh, everyone's on, you know, doing different things, which is a cool, cool balance of like refreshing different perspectives. And, um, so all supporting each other. So having that family and literally like the spot we moved into is like, in Santa Cruz, California, like on a Creek, we really have like a Creek in our backyard. That's awesome. And so just all the nature, like surrounded by redwoods and stuff. I hear yeah. great things about Santa Cruz, by the way. Yeah. Just super grateful to be in, in the nature. Cause you know, I have friends in cities like SF and Denver and you know, it can get really intense. Uh, I think during that time, just, uh, yeah, just, uh, people living on top of each other and, uh, being super confined in the cities were hit you know, are hitting, getting hit harder with, with the spread of, of the virus and stuff. And so I don't know at the same time, it's like, we definitely would have certain people over who need help and holding space for people going through who are affected you know, more and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, just never taking for granted, like the, the, the whole, uh, all the factors that were, I felt very privileged to have, <laughs> During, yeah during all of it um, yeah totally yeah one thing that i um i'm now not taking for granted anymore is live painting 
Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think after, you know, I started in 2011 or 2012 and like after nearly 10 years of it, I was like, uh, it's such a grind. And now like every time I go out, even the like small little shows, I'm like, this is sweet. Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know how I was ever like bitching about live painting. I, I think we needed the contrast, you know, just yeah, to, yeah. just to have the perspective shifted, you know, yeah. it, you get jaded, you know, when you, when you grind, you go to so many and maybe some of the magic starts to, <laughs> to lift away. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just having this reset, um, now and just being like, Oh yes, it's so good when we get to all come together again, you know? <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent, hundred percent. And uh, I'm like, you know, taking time to just talk to random people again. And I'm like, Oh, you're not one of the, and no offense to my eight friends who I hung out with all through COVID because I love them so much. But like, you know, you're not one of the eight people I talk to on a weekly basis. It's like a new face and it's sort yeah. of like getting back out into the world again. And it almost feels like when I first started life painting. Yeah. And all it took was to, for like a year off from mm -hmm. this, from it. So yeah, what you were saying about putting things in perspective and like, you know, it's and a, ba it, balance, I think, uh, mm -hmm. you know, there was definitely some years where, you know, I, I think one year I did like 13 festivals and so it was like, really, yeah. And it was just like, epic. Okay. Like <laughs> that was cool, but like maybe we can find some balance. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Maybe do like half of that or a quarter of that, you know, per year or something. And when along the timeline did that happen? Um, that was probably like, uh, uh, 2018 or 19. Oh, so kind of like later mm -hmm. in, in your career. I mean, but there's, there's a the thing of sort of like putting the pedal to the metal yeah, and like making sure, you know, 20, 40,000 people are like locked in with your vibe. Yeah. You know? And that way you meet more people and totally yeah no one likes to work for exposure but at festivals you do get to sell your stuff mm -hmm. a lot of times for and if you're selling even out of the gallery like the percentage is way better than most any gallery you'll you're likely to ever show in yeah at, but, that, at that point too i was kind of like a just like a yes man and uh <laughs> you're just like, like let's go well, yeah. like they, like they started reaching out to me instead of me reaching out and then i'm just like Oh, I don't want to pass up any opportunities, you know? Right. Yeah. But then, you know, then you see the other side of that when you're like burnt out and jaded. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It can happen for sure. Because I mean, you know, there's a magic, it, there's a light and dark side to everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's the magic to the festival and everybody's like, uh, you know, our minds are turned on and we're really like, you know, amped up from the music and, and it, that can, spark some beautiful things but then there's also like the escapism and like totally you know the maybe too much drug use uh you know um not maybe definitely <laughs> yeah um so yeah it's good to it's good to get perspective and definitely good to get balanced too yeah yeah and, and definitely with covid too just like uh learning like uh boundaries like to set boundaries like and self-care yeah um and realizing how important that is um I got so good at sleep during COVID. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's funny because I didn't sleep well last night for the first time. And, uh, well, I guess last week I had a day too, but like I've, after 36 years of being alive, I think finally I'm like, Oh, okay. I, I can like, 
control my sleep patterns and and I know what's gonna keep me awake and I know what actually like calms my nervous system and like yeah making the right choices like, yeah yeah <laughs> most of the time <laughs> yeah and I think I I'm not sure I think you might be like around my age it sounds like but like as I get older it just it just gets so much harder to try and like push through a night of painting even if I'm not you know uh, activating my mind with, with substances that can be tough on the nervous system, you know, totally, yeah. it just, just stone sober through a full night of painting is tough now Yeah, <laughs> because you just don't sleep. And then the circadian rhythm gets out of whack. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I talk about self-care a lot on this podcast because I just think it's super important and I want to really, uh, hammer it home because I feel like the average listener is probably going to festivals and is probably like into psychedelics yeah. and it's, it's just good to show like that there, there, there is an optimal balance to be achieved with all that kind of thing. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think balance is super important to, for, for sustainability and longevity and hundred percent. So speaking of, of self care and stuff like that, like, what's like a, a daily routine for you look like if, if you had to think of like a perfectly productive, but also like balanced day, what does that look like for you? Um, well, it's usually like, you know, trying to get eight hours of sleep, um, waking up, you know, around like 10 naturally mm -hmm. without an alarm or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, like showering, making like a healthy breakfast. Although recently I started um, doing this intermittent fasting. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about that a little skipping bit. skipping breakfast. Um, and I've been doing that in the last few months preparing for the show. Um, and I definitely felt like an energy boost in helping productivity. Um, so I'll just have like my, uh, my tea in the morning. And um, after 15, hour, 15 hours of fasting every day, um, I'll eat lunch around one or two. Nice. after getting in like uh three or four hours in the morning of painting nice and yeah um, that's so do you find like just waking up going more or less straight to the easel um is yeah like showering um you know maybe checking in with myself or my partner and then uh and then hitting the easel um yeah and uh and then lunch and then hitting the easel another four to six hours um until dinner i guess <laughs> nice so have you have you taken like um have you taken a little break post post solo show yeah yeah i mean i've just had like one day off i think or so, so far <laughs> <laughs> nice you're like wow this has been a really nice break do you do you do you ever get like antsy when you're not painting or you're maybe in the past when you weren't able to paint all the time? Um, I definitely enjoy doing other things. I mean, okay. uh, like reading or, or watching, watching some shows, movies, mm -hmm. um, hiking and, uh, and music. I, I mean, I love music, which I listen to a lot of music while painting for sure. But, um, I'm definitely looking forward to, uh, like giving myself some days to just like dive in and search for music. Um, oh, yeah. I've been so busy for a while now and, uh, 
haven't had time to like seek out new music yeah and without the festivals like yeah i just really want to go go seeking some some new tunes totally. for inspiration what uh what's your favorite kind of music <laughs> i mean if these you days had, had to pick one these days i listen to a lot of electronic mm-hmm. um kind of like uh pretty chill like trip-hop um yeah and uh, there's the tour playlist on oh when I yeah, came yeah. In, yeah yeah i love tour and emancipator all of like the low-key records nice. um but uh i also love some you know heavier bass like you know of the trees and super tasks are some of my favorites hell yeah um but uh i you know i love so many genres like uh reggae and and uh i mean i used to listen to punk when i was younger nice but uh yeah i don't know i, I mix it up a lot i've been listening to a lot of uh, bluegrass through covid um just for like the super positive sunshine vibes hell yeah uh, it feels good <laughs> yeah definitely yeah i i grew up on bluegrass uh coming from kentucky so totally yeah big fan i think i was late to it being on the west coast but uh, yeah yeah. i don't know it's i love it (laughs) yeah i think there's there's good music in any genre right yeah i guess there's good and not so good music in in any genre totally yeah um but i'm pretty open-minded to to almost all genres like yeah yeah same um so this, so we talked about routine. Um, uh, let's see. I guess I'll look at the, I'll look at my cheat sheet again. Um, do you think? Do you think that um, someone has to be well acquainted with their own? How do I say this? Their own, I guess, their own pain, or or the suffering that they've experienced to make good art. Um, I mean, I, I definitely have experienced pain helping me make good art, mm-hmm. and um, I think uh, uh, fully experiencing pain and not like escape, trying to escape from it. Like, uh, I think it's really important that we uh, we like look at like our shadows and, um, our like faults. That's the only way to like, to help improve them. Mm -hmm. So not like turning away from it and not like, uh, bypassing it. But, um, yeah, I definitely feel like pain, pain makes great art, but, uh, so does love. I mean, yeah, totally. uh, And and these days I, I try to, I don't know, I guess I've been lucky enough to, to feel like I've, (laughs) <laughs> received a lot of love and so i try to create from from that that's point yeah but um but i mean the the pain is equally important um it's part of the human experience and right and uh and uh yeah we all go through it i mean yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah i think that you don't like since everybody's gonna experience pain on some level mm-hmm. like you don't have to create super dark shit from that place, but there's, there's something about like you were saying, like sort of, uh, confronting like the darker aspects of yourself, like a shadow side or whatever. Yeah. That, that is really like fertile for like, uh, transforming it into like a creative energy. Maybe. Totally. I think, I think, uh, back when I was creating from, from like the pain body, mm-hmm. um, 
it was more of like therapy. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I think like creating is always therapeutic. Sure. But, uh, like I was making the paintings. I wasn't thinking about if this would hang in someone's living room or something. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, I was just like, well, I need to, I need to get this out to get, move this energy through me. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, and you know, I, I could, I could do that at any point too. If, if, if something really hard happens, you know, like yeah. probably fall back on that. <laughs> yeah. You always have the refuge of, of art and yeah. creativity. Do you do any other, uh, like creative things? Do you make music, you play any music or like write or, anything? I mean, I love music so much, but, uh, I don't think I'm that musically inclined. <laughs> um, even when it came to like studying animation, there's a mm-hmm. lot of timing with animation. Yeah. And I struggled with it. It was like the hardest part. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but you, do you still skateboard and stuff? Um, to I, me, that's like a, so this is my take on skateboarding. <laughs> if you don't mind me interrupting yeah, yeah. you, I guess, uh, it's like, it's a sport and you gotta be like somewhat athletic, but like, I also see it and like other sports kind of like it as an art as well. Oh, so yeah, definitely an art. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I guess after some certain injuries and stuff, Ooh, yeah. you start okay. to be like, well, I'm, I'm pretty fragile. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's some fear kicks in. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's like a healthy fear, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Survival fear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that the, I think, you know, sometimes, sometimes, fear gets a bad rap like oh you shouldn't fear you should be fearless it's Mm -hmm. like i don't think that's necessarily possible because if you walk up to a ledge and you you sort of like put your feet out over it like you're gonna feel something yeah that is like biologically like fear but it's there to protect your fragile uh (laughs) body that's growing ever older you know yeah totally um yeah, I mean, yeah, fear fear is healthy, but uh, too much fear is, is you know, it's, it's all balance always. All balance, like, yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, you shouldn't you shouldn't give in to it all the time, especially when it's like, uh, I think, you know, I don't want to go too deep on this or whatever, but like, I think when people think of fear, sometimes it's like this one dimensional definition of like irrational fear, mm-hmm. which is yeah, of course, like yeah get over that shit and figure it out and like love yourself of course but uh and i think getting outside of our comfort zones is is how how growth happens so yeah yeah you gotta face the fear in those situations yeah do you feel like live painting was that for you yeah yeah definitely Um, i think it was for me too yeah um i think graffiti helped a little bit with that Mm -hmm. like um but yeah i think there's more concentrated audience at festivals and for sure yeah yeah did it, um, you said you were like introverted. Um, uh, did that sort of like painting at, at festivals live, did that kind of, um, uh, bring you out of your shell a little or like force you to interact with strangers? Yeah. Yeah. And, and definitely like, uh, taking certain substances at festivals, like mm-hmm. the ones that are like, help you be more social, like yeah, yeah. help just like, I don't know, lift the barrier off your heart a little bit and yeah. be open and more receptive. Um, and, um, and then, so now the goal is like to like, it's like, okay, cool. Those substances help me do that. But like, let's, I think I could probably do that without those too. Right. Now that I've had the experience of what that's even like, you know, hundred <laughs> percent. And, um, 
becomes like a muscle memory or nervous yeah. system memory or something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm always trying to, uh, have that growth of, um, I mean, it's like, I know I need to recharge and be alone, but, mm-hmm. uh, but like, I don't know, this whole human experience would be nothing without all the, the connection we have yeah. with each other. So without like, the other people. Yeah. So like, I don't know, I, I love, I love getting out there and, and I don't know, being with everyone. <laughs> like, Oh yeah. 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 It's good for the soul, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to pivot a little bit here and, um, talk about your process a little, and then I'll ask you a few more questions and then we'll probably, I don't know, wrap it up here in the next 15 minutes or so. Um, we talked a little bit about this at the gallery the other night, but I'm, I'm really interested in how you make, uh, the paintings that you make. And again, to reference one drop, uh, hopefully I'll be able to like post, like put it up on the screen or something. Yeah, for sure. I'll get you a good photo of that. Sweet. Um, but you were saying that you kind of, you had sort of like an idea. Now tell me if I'm getting this wrong, but like you had a loose idea and that, um, uh, it was a roomy quote, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like you're not one drop in the ocean. You're the ocean in one drop. Right? Yeah, totally. Essentially. Yeah. And, but like the, the composition of it's so cool because it's just basically a bunch of water, <laughs> uh, in sort of this kind of s- spherical shape. And I, I'm just curious about like, did you, you didn't sketch that out completely. Did you beforehand? Yeah, no, there was no preconceived uh, drawing. Um, oh, at all. Okay. Yeah, at all. I mean, definitely in certain parts you get down to tiny droplets and I'm like sketching that out with a chalk pencil. Right. But, but as you, but go as I'm along. going, yeah. Um, on top of other layers of paint and, um, but yeah, I've, I've definitely, um, you know, coming from a drawing background, um, when I got into painting, it was like this illustrative style of painting where I'm just like, okay, this is the brush is like my pencil or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then over time and like definitely like taking psychedelics while painting, you start to realize like, yeah, I'm, I'm using this, this medium that's fluid. It's like, and, uh, and the more you could like, uh, show that fluidity and try to like see how the paints like coming off the brush onto the canvas and express that. So people can almost see like, like it being fluid and, uh, it's so cool. I like been wanting to like step away from the illustrative style, but, but I always fall back on it. Um, but I've been trying to like, just balance that and figure that out more. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so obviously painting water was like, oh, well, like let's paint stuff that like lends itself to, to trying to use this medium fluidly. Yeah. And so like, I, I've done like, you know, like a, a cosmos, like nebula type stuff and, um, and clouds totally. and, and water. Cause it's all super like move movement based and fluid. Yeah. And just tr- trying to explore how the paint can move like that. And, um, so that's kind of the tip you're on right now is like, yeah, just, expressing what the paint would express on its own, but in an organized fashion. Yeah, totally. Nice. Um, but so like, I'm always balancing cause then for other paintings I'll do, I'll do drawings ahead of time. Yeah. And, um, and still have like that kind of illustrative painterly style. Um, are you doing the drawing straight onto the canvas or are you just drawing and then sort of like using that as a reference? Yes. Uh, 
both like sometimes uh yeah i'll draw right onto the canvas other times i'm drawing it smaller on paper and i'll project that drawing large on larger on the canvas nice and, uh, Nice. Yeah. And you're still using Maya. I know we talked about this a little bit. Or was it Maya? Yeah, Maya. Okay, Maya. Okay. Yeah, for this this one snowflake piece I did for the show, yeah. um, I modeled each uh, you know, uh, snowflake in, in three dimension in the, in the Maya program Yeah. and projected that um, onto yeah. like a freestyled uh, cloud background. Nice. Um, yeah, the colors in that one are just so spot on, dude. Yeah, it was, I'm, I can't get seem to get away from the sunset color vibes. But yeah, just yeah. been uh, going deeper into glazing, uh, really getting into subtle glazing, where like, like uh, just local glazes. Yeah, you just build up really fine layers of color, and then let those overlap each other, and you get new colors from that. And yeah, and what that does with the eye um, as the light goes through all the different oh s- yeah thin layers or whatever. It looks real nice. And, uh, oh yeah. So we should, uh, you should touch on this, the, the one drop. And then what was the snowflake painting called? Uh, stellar descendants, stellar descendants. And then the vapor one in the middle. So you did all three states of water. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of wanted to show that transformation of, of how that water goes through. Um, there's this theme I'm constantly thinking about. It goes back to like balance and yin yang and stuff, but it's like chaos and order. Mm-hmm. And um, I did this uh, this piece a little while back called Beyond Chaos, and it's like a nebula forming into like a a planet that has water and, and life. And um, is that the one that has like um, just kind of orbs in the center? And yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like it's like a nebula condensing into a sun, and then the sun is attracting matter like asteroids and stuff that co- coalesce into like a ball of lava, which then like cools and ice comets hit it and bring in mushrooms and water and, yeah. <laughs> and then it becomes like a, you know, a, it crystallizes into a, a microcosm that can harbor life. And, um, and even, you know, within that, that crystallized microcosm, there's so much chaos still, it's always ever present. Yeah. But, um, from, from the, the previous states, it's so much order. I mean, it's like, you know, through, through mathematics, we've been able to like, define all this order um amongst that comes from the chaos and uh you know that's in itself just amazing like where does this order you know how does this order exist you know yeah it's what's crazy to me is that partially i don't know if humans discovered mathematics or we invented it i feel like we discovered it probably is more likely right yeah and but it's just crazy that these things called numbers can describe so much about reality. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. It's like, and we discovered numbers and, you know, from being like, well, I have, I have five rocks and you have uh, six. So uh, we can share one rock, you know, or whatever cavemen did with numbers <laughs> back then to like, uh, you know, quantum equations yeah, and, and all that shit. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Super crazy. And so I'm, then that's just been a theme in, in the recent years. Um, so then just looking at water and seeing how it's like, you know, totally can take any shape and is formless and beautiful. And you can see that as like chaos, almost just like a nebula. Um, and then through the, the power of the sun, it becomes vapor and, it, uh, you know, 
that purifies it, anything else that's contaminating it, it mm-hmm. becomes these clouds that uh, get sculpted by the wind into like fractal patterns. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's pretty incredible. I've been obsessed with that since, you know, tripping and looking at the sky. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and then ends up condensing and coming down in a divine geometric order, you know, yeah. snowflakes. Yeah. Um, or just as rain again, as water again, but the snowflake part brings in the order and the geometry. Right. Yeah. That, you know, when we take these psychedelics, uh, we're you know, seeing all these geometries and you're like, what does it mean? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it's all, uh, you know, it's all water. It's all chemistry happening. Yeah. Chemistry. I mean, when you look down at the smallest building blocks of everything, uh, it's like ge- geometric. I mean, like, have you heard of, oh man, this is gonna, this might be too much of a tangent, but, uh, <laughs> Well, what is it like positrons? Have you heard of positrons? Oh, I don't know. They're like they're basically what electrons are, but they're the anti-electron. Oh yeah. So this is like getting into antimatter and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the I'm not sure if this is theoretically or not. I'm totally talking out of school, but like <laughs> um, the positrons are I think supposed to flow backwards in time, oh, and cool. so this is like the this is where the whole, um, you know, the world and it's double mm-hmm. kind of thing come in. Everything has like an equal and opposite. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and then this also allows for like the multiverse theory and stuff like this. Totally. I don't know if I'm if I can really chop it up on that level right now because I'm I haven't thought about it in a long time. Yeah. But. Well, that's one reason I'm obsessed with the torus shape too. Yeah. Because that same, uh, you know, like expansion and contraction. Yeah. Uh, like perfect yeah it's it's a donut but it's also like a tornado (laughs) to bring it down to like simplistic terms and yeah uh yeah i I, i'm obsessed too definitely all that optical illusion stuff is really fascinating to me because it seems like that's kind of what is happening with our perception oh yeah like if you think about vision it's uh you're mapping like a map of reality is coming onto your eyeball. Yeah. It's going into your brain. It's getting flipped right side or upside down. Yeah. And, uh, and then you, you know, tile a bunch of language over the things that you see typically, yeah, yeah. not all the time, which is, those are some special moments when you don't, when you're just like looking out, and there's no words and it's just like nice. It's kind of like meditative, I guess. Yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, it's a trip just, yeah, like all, all of light, like, which is like, you know, we try to understand is like photons or we don't really know what that looks like, but, uh, yeah. Bouncing off everything and helping us map what, what this reality even is. And, uh, yeah. and, and, and that just goes into, into your eye and your eye turns it into electrical signals, which is just more light. Yeah. So it's just like light changing forms. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like how water changes forms to bring it back to totally. All that. Yeah. It's so cool. Well, um, neither of us are uh, quantum scientists, yeah, no. <laughs> but, uh, that was pretty fun to talk about either way. Um, so, uh, three quick questions here at the end. Um, first, is there anything that you would do differently on the art path? If you could, um, 
maybe uh, earlier on, start collaborating like earlier on. Mm. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, just the power of, of collaboration uh, is is everything. I mean, I think it's the way into the future. Um, I think, you know, uh, b- going back in time, like a lot of artists, it was like, oh, you know, you got to like uh, figure out your techniques in the studio and, and keep them private. And because uh, yeah, yeah. that's what makes you special or whatever. Right. But um, I don't know. I think just uh, cross pollinating and sharing ideas is, is the way into the future. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, when you, working with other people, uh, there's a magic that happens where you're like amplifying each other. Yeah. Um, and, um, and the, the sum is greater than, than the parts as an individual. And, uh, uh, yeah, doing that earlier on, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What, I just want to just say everyone, everyone collaborate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. I think anyone who, who wants to collaborate, should I don't know? Like, sort of came to a dead end there, but like, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, obviously, uh, there's the whole factor of like time and effort spent and uh, experience level and uh, vibe with another person. But like, if all those things are line up even just enough, yeah, you probably you probably should venture into that uh yeah of course like it can like not vibe up i guess right like, yeah, yeah yeah but um maybe intuitively seeing like who who you might vibe with and then, right yeah. yeah like yeah there's there's the thing of like okay i vibe with this art and then like i think for me so far it's the more important thing has been uh uh looks like we're okay my battery is running low let me uh, for me, the mo- the more important thing is I'll finish this thought is like just vibes with the person. Yeah. And like, if you can communicate and if there's like good, um, verbal and nonverbal communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Communication is key. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I was asking if you do anything differently. You said collaborate earlier. Oh yeah. And then we were talking about collaboration and vibing with the person and communicating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess one more thing maybe I would do differently would be um, not thinking I had to go to some expensive school to uh, to make a career. Um, sure, yeah. Nowadays with the internet, um, there's just so many options with ways to learn. <laughs> YouTube and, University. Yeah, YouTube say. University. Yeah. Or even just paying for someone directly, like for private lessons or, or just video lessons or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so much more affordable than, than a big institution. Um, 100%. So, uh, yeah, maybe I wouldn't have gone the, the debt route, uh, in yeah. hindsight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I probably would have just, uh, picked doing art earlier. Yeah. I didn't really start in earnest until I was like 26, you know, after college. Yeah. And, uh, not fucked around so much <laughs> my like late teens and early twenties and even into like, you know, my late twenties, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's always, it's, that, I feel like that's the toughest part for people who uh, were aimless like I was uh, for a certain period of time, is is picking the thing you want to do and just going all in on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's really tough with, with our society, like, being like, oh, yeah, pick what you're going to do for the rest of your life at, like, age 18 or whatever, you know, yeah, it's yeah. so unrealistic. Like, totally. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's good to... Yeah, and sometimes you just don't know till you know, right? Yeah. I mean, even though I knew I wanted to be creative my whole life, I was like steered down like, oh, we'll go learn technology. You'll be able to make money and stuff. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, yeah, there's just a lot of options even within the creative path. So like, Yeah, no, Pat, there's no like one right way to do it. Yeah. You just got to kind of figure it out as yeah. you go along, I guess. <laughs> Um, so another question I've been asking recently, so uh, without any false modesty, who would you like to be compared to in terms of your artwork? Um, like the work itself, the work itself. Um, hmm. I mean, I know, I know a lot of people, uh, compare me to Mars one, mm. uh, just cause I, I've been so influenced by him. Yeah. Um, but, uh, oh man, that's a tough question. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that's why I save it for last. <laughs> I mean, I definitely could like read off all my influences. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that might be cool too. Um, I mean, you know, early on it was like uh, Dolly and MC Escher. Yeah. And then, um, in graffiti, there was like uh Crayola, like Greg Simskins and Amir one. Um, both great artists. And then, uh, yeah, Mars One and, and, and my homie Jonathan Solter was a big influence on me nice. as well. Nice. Shouts. Shouts, John. Shouts, John. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a funny story I'll tell you. Uh, but I want to save it for the podcast that I do with John uh -huh. because it involves both of us. And it's nothing weird or bad, but it's just, um, I'm going to say it. I'll tell you later. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I might just cut all that out too. Uh, so. <laughs> I mean, other mentors I've had has been like a, uh, Jason Burris has really helped me out a lot. And um, Matthew uh, Lessard of Fineros Art. Oh, yeah, yeah. All been huge supporters and, and helped me grow and, and gain confidence and stuff. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, shout out to all those those people. Nice. Nice. And uh, so wrapping it up here, to kind of summarize everything, what piece of advice would you give younger artists or a younger version of yourself uh, in terms of uh, being on the artist's journey? <laughs> um, uh, definitely like uh, don't, don't be so hard on yourself and, um, and don't realize that it like, it's all going to happen at once or that like, like understand it's like a, it can be a really long journey um, yeah. to get to the point of the people you're, you're looking up to or whatever, like, uh, and, um, it just takes a lot of patience and perseverance and, um, uh, yeah, just like stick with it. If it feels good, if it feels good, um, I don't know, like really follow, follow your heart, whatever, wherever that takes you. I don't think you can go wrong if, if you, if you're figuring out how to listen to what your heart is telling you, um, hundred percent agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man. Um, that's kind of, uh, how I've gotten to here is just like getting better at listening, listening to that. And, um, Super important. And, and yeah, just, uh, s stick with it. I don't know. <laughs> that seems to be like the best answer. I think every, like people kind of do what you just did where they're, they're like, oh yeah, it takes a long time. Keep going, and then at the end, 
it's just kind of like just keep doing it doing whatever you love i mean yeah it can change it does yeah it doesn't need to be painting necessarily but like just just doing whatever creative thing that like fulfills you because it's it's like some sort of compound interest over time Mm -hmm. you know and yeah whatever that is that you love being authentic to that uh is just an inspiration for everyone to like uh just follow follow their 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 truest form i don't know like uh yeah yeah which is not always easy to find i mean it's it can be really difficult but um persevere yeah (laughs) well hell yeah blake thank you so much man oh thank you andrew really appreciate your time and energy here today and it's blake foster art blake foster art and uh sidewalks.com is where you can find prints okay nice s-y-d-w-o-x yeah sweet all right everybody we'll catch you next time peace Thank you again for listening to another episode of RTAF Podcast. If you are interested in supporting the Patreon, that address is patreon.com slash RTAF Podcast. And I want to thank all my patrons. You guys keep this engine running. I couldn't do it without you. Go over there and check out the tiers I have available. It includes video, uh, guest suggestions, uh, patron-only posts, and some merchandise. Thank you again for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe. Do all those little things that help get RTAF into the consciousness of more and more people.